Welcome to Trash Talk, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Larry Gork is joined by my partner in crime, Austin Campbell. Hey, what's up, everybody? And joining us today for the Gaming Group Podcast. You know him, you love him. Give it up for Wes. Yo, everybody, how we doing? Dude, it is an honor to have you on the show. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is Trash Talk, the sports voice of Boss Rush Entertainment. We're going to kick today off looking at the Major League Baseball All-Star Game starters. That's right. Next week is the All-Star Game. Don't forget, next weekend, there is no MLB Power Ranking. So if you if you know you're like, hey, I, I, I need sports in my life, there is going to be a, a sports piece. It just won't be focused around MLB next weekend. It'll be going up on BossRushNetwork.com. So let's talk about some of the starters here. Um, and I'm going to kind of quickly jog through these. Being the MLB guy, that's what we're going to do. Uh, for the American League, the elected starters are Salvador Perez, the catcher from the Kansas City Royals. From the Toronto Blue Jays at first base, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Second base, Marcus Simeon from the Toronto Blue Jays. Raphael Devers gets the third base call from Boston and also from Boston, helping load down the left side of the infield. Xander Bogarts, he's playing shortstop. Your outfielders look like Mike Trout from the Angels, Judge Aaron Judge from the New York Yankees, Ed Tosker Hernandez from the Toronto Blue Jays. Shohei Hotani will be the DH as well as the pitcher. Uh, first time in MLB history, we get a starting pitcher and DH from the American League. Shohei Otani just doing things that are just unbelievable. Uh, plus, in the National League, you got uh, Buster Posey starting a catcher from the Giants. Freddie Freeman from the Braves starting at first base. Adam Frazier from Pittsburgh starting at second. Nolan Arenado from St. Louis starting at third. Fernando Tatis Jr. starting at shortstop. He's uh, from the Padres, obviously. And your outfield looks like Ronald Acuna Jr., from the Braves, Nick Castellanos from Cincinnati, and Jesse Winker from the Reds as well. Reds getting two starters, and there's a little shocking. But I want to talk about a little for just a second. Marcus Simeon getting the nod at second base. Toronto has been on an absolute tear, and I don't think people really realize how great the Blue Jays are. Um, this is a young team that is loaded with talent, and when you go further into the season, you're really going to see how – this team in two or three years is going to be a legitimate threat in the AL East. You know, Boston and um, Boston, the Rays are probably going to battle it out till the end of the season. I think Boston's going to take the edge. But then next year, watch Toronto. Toronto is going to come up and they're going to play big. Uh, they have two all stars on this team. And Vlad Guerrero Jr. is something special to watch. As much as we talk about Tatis Jr., as much as we talk about Shohei Otani, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the next face of baseball. Um, the other one I really want to point out there on the NL side, it's amazing how the Reds have somehow been low-key good, and yet they're not at the same time. Like, they're this up-and-down team. I still think they're going to be sellers at the deadline here in a few weeks. But Nick Castellanos and Jesse Winker are two of the best outfielders, I think, in the game right now. And when you look at the outfield in the NL, there's a lot of talent just across the board. But for the Reds to get two starters out of this is absolutely insane to me. Of course, i got to give a shout-out to Mark Cubby, Chris Bryant. He's, uh, he's going to be a reserve at third base. But uh, overall, can't wait for the All-Star game. Uh, Austin, are you hyped for this year's All-Star game? Uh, uh, when is it? Next week. <laughs> is it after or before the NBA Finals? Will depend on if I'm going to be interested in it or not. <laughs> well, hey, something I don't, that may I, pique your interest is the whole Red Derby. Have you seen these matchups yet, Matt? I don't know who's on it. Who's on Matt Olson from the Athletics is going to be going up against Trey Masidi from the Orioles. You got Trevor Story, who there is a whole like hour-long show I could do about how great Trevor Story is. Trevor Story is going to be going up against Joey Gallo from the Rangers. 
Salvador Perez, first Royal since 2010 uh, to be in the home run derby. He's going to be going against New York Met Pete Alonso. Juan Soto is going against Shohei Otani. That is a great bracket right there, my man. I'm excited. Hey, I mean, like you know, maybe I'll be excited. It's just got to be, uh, it's got to be after the NBA Finals. You know my rule: no baseball till basketball's over, and basketball's going really late this year. <laughs> How do you feel about that, by the way? I like it just because I, you know. I don't know, Wes. You said you're not really into baseball either, or you just haven't been following this year. Nah, I kind of knew what the Phillies were before the season started, so I, <laughs> I, mean, I didn't really pay much attention. Like, I mean, I'm looking at the reserves right now. I'm kind of surprised to go ahead and see that we have two guys. I mean, because we have um, Wheeler is giving our right hand pitcher who, who's actually been doing really well this year. I, I, I do know that. I mean, he's part of the starting pitchers, and uh, Romuto is one of the reserves at catcher. So, Romuto though. Has he should have Loki? I I, th- I thought he was a snub as starter. I get it. Buster Posey's having a phenomenal year, and he's older too, which is kind of throwing things. But I think like if you're Buster Posey and you're entering, I mean, Buster Posey is legitimately probably in his last year in the league. How do you not say, okay, hey, look, it's my last year. I've already done this like four times. He's been the starter. Why not give it up to Romoto? Because he has absolutely earned it this year. Like, as bad as Philadelphia's been, and just the NL East in general has been, he's yeah. been a huge highlight. It has been absolutely insane with just the up and down of the season so far. I mean, I mean, it's, I mean especially within Philadelphia. It's just like, what was it, two nights ago we had 15 runs? I mean, we had, we, we had like combined and, and like then 25 we, hits. Before you guys were shut out three times in a row. Yeah. Like, it, 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 like, okay, like the NL East to me is one of the more intriguing divisions right now in, in baseball just because it's so bad and because it's so good. It's like the best. It's it, it's with this thing where like it just kind of keeps, keeps going back and forth. You look at like the Nationals too, like – Kyle Schwarber is the only offense that they have. He had 15 home runs in the month of June, and the rest of their team has been absolutely trash. The Mets are somehow clinging on to first place. I don't get that. Like, Philly is probably two or three years away from competing for the title, for at least the division title. I don't think that they're World Series ready anytime soon. But I'm real curious on what they're going to do. Give me coming up to the uh, trade deadline. So there was one prediction I saw the other day of uh, they are probably going to sell every one. It, it wasn't everyone. It was there was there was uh, there's two veterans on the team that they were talking about selling. Um, Please tell me God. one of them's Herrera. Yes, Herrera's one. God, I want that so bad because he still has some trade value too. I mean, you could probably get a third and fourth round pick for him fairly easily. Or at least like a decent pitching prospect for him. See, that's the thing. Like our farm, I mean, our farm, uh, you mean league and everything, just all that stuff, like fighting fills and just everything else we have, Clearwater, it's, we're getting nothing from them. Nothing. Like our but scouts I just, I mean, they're not giving us anything. And it's, it's, it's driving me nuts not having anything, you know what I mean, homebred to be able to go ahead and give to us. But that's kind of been the story of the Phillies like the last decade. Are you talking about teams that should have good farm systems? Phillies have consistently drafted fairly high, and yet they've they've never been able to turn anybody, especially pitching prospects. Like yeah, like the best one we had was um Cole Cole Hamill Cole Hamill. Yeah, so. Cole Hamill. He was I mean, covered for a little. Especially when he came down to pitching. So <laughs> yeah, uh, let's switch gears. Let's go over to the NBA. Uh, man. NBA Finals are hot. They are hot as the Suns and Bucks 
taking this series to new heights. Austin, what's your thoughts going in? Or like, what, what have been your thoughts so far in this MLB or not NBA, God, NBA finals? <laughs> I can't talk. To I, I can't absolutely wait for game two tonight. I wish I could stay up and watch it, uh, but I will, I will try to get as much highlights in tomorrow and listen to, to whoever my podcast of choosing is tomorrow. Talk about it. I, I really just, I, I, I really can't lose in this finals because I really like just, I you know, I like Giannis, but Milwaukee in itself, just I would like to see Milwaukee fans get that win. And then I really want Chris Paul to win. So either way, I'm excited for whoever wins. These are two teams we haven't seen uh, in the finals in a long, long time. Only Jay Crowder has ever been to a finals before. It's just a bunch of new faces. It's showing how deep the league has gotten, especially in the last year or two. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited. It's really excited to see if, uh, Chris Paul just, just, <laughs> I love seeing him on the mission and he, you know, I, I want to see if he actually just, you know, really just never lets off the throttle this whole series. I really, I really am curious if, if the Suns are going to have that kind of one off game, um, you know, with them. But I, I really think Chris Paul is the kind of guy that's like, I, I, <laughs> I can see Chris Paul really try to get it done in four games. That kind of that kind of uh, intensity from them. So, uh, Wes, Wes, were you cheering for this? Uh, go ahead. Sorry, Austin. My bad. No, no, that's it. That was it. Wes, were you cheering for the Suns going into the finals? Um, look, this finals has a real bad taste in my mouth. I'm not gonna lie, uh, because look, as a Philadelphia 76ers fan, we should be there. Like. If it wasn't for mm. what happened in, I mean, going up against Atlanta, the way that Ben Simmons played, we should be there. Like honestly, I mean, that's that's my honest opinion. That's not the opinion of a lot of people around. But I will say that I did. I, I read an article that um they were talking about uh Milwaukee is going to try to do something a little different with their defense. Try to make try to be like a little more aggravating and a little more annoying to Chris Paul. You mean defensively? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I know Chris Paul's been in the league for a while, so. If my team's not in, I'd like to go ahead and see. I mean, a vet like that go ahead and I mean finally get his ring. Yeah, I mean, because um, like I mean, Giannis, he he's gonna be playing for at least another like five, seven years. I mean, he I mean, he's still he's still a fairly young guy, so yeah. He'll he'll have his chance. He'll have his chance. I mean, how long was it for LeBron to get his? You know, after being with the Cavaliers and going over and over again in the finals and always losing. I mean, this is Giannis's first finals, so he'll have plenty of time. I just think this Chris Paul is like, I got to get it now because everything is working out right now. Not saying that they didn't earn to get in those finals, but like everything is working out where like the Lakers failed and the Clippers got, they beat the Clippers and you know, all this stuff is kind of falling for him. Whereas next year it might not be that way. So um yeah i i'm excited i if uh if chris paul was to retire wes i would ask you this if chris paul was to retire he said let's say they win and he's like you know what i want to end on a good note finals is over who do you think is more likely to return to next year's finals the suns or the bucks Ooh. um i would have to think it, it would have to lean a little too a little more towards Milwaukee, I would think, just because like Milwaukee is just one of those teams that has like I mean a lot more like rounded out people. You I mean because I mean even going against Atlanta, you I mean they didn't have um they didn't have Giannis for you I mean a few games. 
You mean mm-hmm. and like uh, you mean like Drew Holiday? You mean a bunch of other guys really stepped up to go ahead and get him to the finals, and. I mean, having guys like that. I mean, plus, I mean, look, I know about Drew Holiday. I mean, he played on he played on the Sixers for a little bit, and um, I mean, guys like that. And I mean, the the way that they step up to go ahead and I mean, step in for a guy they know is hurt and not in there. I mean, that's I mean, that says a lot about how the team is built, and says a lot about a lot about the coaching as well. So, I, mm-hmm. so I would probably think Milwaukee if they could beat us first, of course. Yeah, uh, I I don't think this was on the docket, but I want to ask. What what would you give for Damian Lillard? Because <laughs> I know that has to be like the number one person that Philly fans want. Like I feel like there's no other one you would want. I have been so I have been listening to that on Sports Talk Radio on my drive home from work every day for probably the last two weeks. We have been talking mm-hmm. about it. I've been listening to it. And look, me personally, I would easily give up. Yo, take Simmons. And you could even have Thibel and Maxi, and then give, okay. me, give, me, give me we'll give me, we'll throw maybe one or two first rounders into, just to go ahead just seal the deal. Yeah, I don't think that's a terrible uh, deal for the Trailblazers because at this point, with uh, uh, you know where they're at, a rebuild wouldn't be terrible. And the fact that you have C.J. McCollum, a shooter, he's not as a dynamic a scorer as Damian Lillard, but now you have a really good defensive guard and a pretty good offensive guard. And there that's something there. And Tyrese Maxey, I, I like Maxey a lot. So I would. See, and, and that's the thing. Like, like It bothers me saying that because I really, really enjoyed watching Maxey this season. I really mm-hmm. did. And I mean, you know, Th- Thibel, Ben and Thibel were, you know, I mean, they both were, um, you know, for all defense. You mean, mm-hmm. and with the NBA, like, you know, Ben was on the, on, on the starters and, like it just it drives me nuts. I don't understand how a player that gets paid what he gets paid, you know what I mean? You know I mean it's supposed to be the elite of the elite and doesn't take a single shot in four four a fourth quarter games. Like seriously. Yeah. It yeah. makes no sense. It's almost it's almost like are you are you scared to shoot? Are you scared to miss? And that's what I've been hearing a lot just from like sports. Like I I listen to a lot of like Bill Simmons, Ryan Rosillo people like that and they they keep saying that they keep hearing that he's a perfectionist and so if he doesn't think he'll make it he won't shoot well (laughs) that's not you need to shoot like there like i would honestly like wouldn't you rather have like like a russell westbrook at this point to just at least he'll shoot the ball at least he'll try to score it seems like i don't know i mean like i mean thibault is the same like like matisse thibault he is a great defensive player not the best mm-hmm. offensive player, but he takes the shots. Mm-hmm. He will. He, I mean, he will at least take the. I mean, I mean, try shooting the threes. I mean, he, he will try to get in. I mean, get in the paint if he has to. He always does what he needs to do to try to do the best for the team. Like, and Ben, as great of a defensive player as he is, he's he's a facilitator. You know what I mean? I mean, he's a playmaker. He he will, he will throw the ball anywhere it has to go to start the whole cycle, but he will never take it in his own hands. Mm-hmm. And you can't have that. You got you got to have someone. You got to have someone up there that's willing to, to take it in their own hands. Because Joel, I mean, you can you can do the whole thing where you run the offense through Joel, but that's that's not what he's for, you know. And it's not working out for the Nuggets with Jokic. Like you got to have that one guard that's gonna to make things happen. And Ben, unfortunately, is not it. It's, no matter no matter how talented he is on defense, uh, you got to have that other. You got to have that offensive side too especially in today's game 100 percent agree 
That is um, our NBA talk, guys. The real reason we are all here is this is week two of our NFL preview. Last week, we took a look at the NFC West. If you missed our discussion there with Josh Fitty, be sure to check it out on podcast services around the globe. But today, we've brought Wes in for only one reason, NFC East, baby. You are a Philly <laughs> or you are a Philadelphia Eagles fan through the core, correct? Yes, sir. 100%. Oh, man. Let's take a look at how this division looked last year. It started off with Washington winning the division at 7 and 9. <laughs> the Washington football team won this division with a losing record. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's take that. Yeah, when, the like, Giants. Like, 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 what was it? Um, Seattle did that. Like, what? A few years back? Yeah, that yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that. That was the last. I think that was. <sighs> That was was that was that Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson yeah. was still there, I think, when they went seven and nine. And yeah, I think the, so. Yeah, but it's I, crazy though too when you look at like all the other division winners in the NFC last year. The Packers won thirteen games, Saints won twelve, Seattle won twelve, and then Washington's like, "Hey, we made the playoffs. We did five <laughs> games worse than everybody else." But hey, and you know uh, what? I actually did. I actually think they deserve to get in. I I like. I liked what Washington did last year. I really did. I, their defense is good, really good. Uh, they just had so many questions as far as quarterback goes, unfortunately. Yeah, so many questions. Um, Giants uh, finished second last year at six and ten. Cowboys also finished six and ten, so they were tied for second there. Philadelphia finished at dead last at four and eleven. Um, let's start with the Eagles. All right, so the Eagles made some big news in the offseason. Of course, Carson Wentz is now a Indianapolis Colt. Jalen Hurts is supposedly the starter, uh, although I was seeing on Twitter today, and I was listening to SiriusXM as I was coming home and listening to some of the Philly radio. Wes, correct me if I'm wrong, but if the front office could go back in time, do you think they would have kept Carson Wentz? See... I see. I personally, I wouldn't because you. I mean, you didn't see. I mean, you didn't see the um the improvements that you. I mean, that you should see from from a player from year to year. I mean, look, I what Carson could do with his feet was awesome. You know what I mean? Like like when he first got in the league, people couldn't touch him. He was able to just juke around everybody. But after he started getting hurt, and that's the thing, I I do believe that he's injury prone. So after he started getting hurt, I I mean, he got he got scared. So he so he became real quick to go ahead and just you know, I mean duck down and just take the sack, or he would go ahead and you know, I mean curl out and then just run out of bounds and, and and get maybe like two yards. But am I happy with having Jalen Hurts? Not really. But when it comes down to everything that we're looking at, you know, I mean literally it is the best situation that we have, unfortunately. I think it's interesting with Jalen Hurts because I think you guys run into the same problem there that you ran into Wits, where the second Hurts takes a hard hit, he loses his speed. His speed is his elusiveness. Like that's what makes him a decent quarterback right now is the fact that he's able to to keep the ball in play just by moving with his feet. I think I what I, what I heard on the radio this morning was that the issue that they're having right now in Philadelphia with him is that he didn't put on any weight in the offseason. In fact, it looked like he lost a little bit. And when you're quarterback, you have to have a little bit of padding there. I mean, look, Big Ben's been able to play forever because he's huge and because he's got plenty of padding. Uh, but, but the, yeah, the, the reports I had heard was that he, they were upset with, you know, he didn't come in with 
the weight that they wanted and just didn't have the strength. Now, you guys did go side Joe Flacco as a backup in the offseason. And I thought you had one of the better wide receiver picks in the draft. Obviously, Devontae Smith is an absolute beast at the University of Alabama. Yeah, that one I'm you look at the, You look at that draft class, though. Yeah, I mean, you had Zach McPherson out of Texas Tech, the quarterback in the fourth round. Milton Williams, defensive tackle out of Louisiana Tech, who, who was largely unknown going into the draft, too. Like, how do you feel about the draft class going into this year? Okay, see, I was actually pretty happy with the draft class. Um, Yeah, Devontae Smith was... You could not go wrong with that pick. You could not go wrong with you know I mean with with the way that everything looked in the draft and how everybody else picked before them. Hundred percent go with you know I mean go with Smith. Um, I I I see. Actually, I, I like the second round pick actually a little bit more just because I know that Jason Kelsey is. You know I mean he's not. You know I mean the center for the Eagles. You know I mean he's not gonna he's not gonna last that much longer. You know I mean he's a little guy, yeah. but you know I mean he, he's. He's not going to be able to, I mean, like hold the team for another few years. So picking up Landon, Landon Dickerson, I think, is actually probably a little bit of a better pick because that, I mean, that helps solidify the the offensive line. Because I mean, we have like Brandon Brooks, um, who's, I mean, who's going to be on, I believe, he's going to be on the left side. I mean, going ahead and right. covering the blind side. So I mean, like having a guy like that and th- that dude has, I mean, he's got talent. That guy's got a lot of talents. I mean, so I'm very happy about that. And having eventually having Landon Dickerson in the center, I mean, it's going to it's going to help them out trying to make sure that Jalen doesn't get hit. Also, we talk about teams that, you know, you win a Super Bowl, there's that hype, there's that surrounding of maybe you'll become a franchise. The Eagles did the complete opposite where, like, (laughs) within, you know, two years, (laughs) Doug Peterson's gone. (laughs) Most of the team that got them, the Super Bowl is gone. You look at the Eagles, what has gone wrong, but then on the other side of what needs to go right this year for them to be a competitive team again? Well, you know, quarterback is just going to be <clears throat> quarterback is just going to be an interesting year for the Eagles, and I think they know that. I think they know that this is going to be a year where they're really just going to have to find out what this team is at this point because they've definitely lost their way. They just de- they've lost their uh, sense of um, kind of what this team is and how they want to run with Doug Peterson gone. And then you know, say what you say what you will. I don't know how West feels about the, you know, when Nick Foles won the Super Bowl, and then there's people that wanted Nick Foles and people that wanted Carson Wentz, and it just didn't seem. I think you split the team right there, and I think that's just kind of how it went downhill. Uh, from that, um, they've got they've got some interesting running backs. Um, so, but I don't see anyone that pops out really. Jordan Howard had a decent year last year, and then they added Carry On Johnson, but Carry On Johnson's injured like crazy so i don't know if that's gonna even if he's gonna be even able to play uh very much for them um and then so i I, you know the wide receivers i'm a little you know fulgham has some moments Devontae smith might be their big time though i don't know about Jalen Rager yet i really don't know what i (laughs) what i see from him um and then i you know i i really like the eagles front seven on defense like i think it's actually pretty decent i think that might be the one thing that they can like hey this if we can keep these guys and develop these guys um it might be okay um and i think they should really build on that um (laughs) the back end's pretty rough uh, unfortunately on defense but i just I don't see a lot of um, the real problem with the Eagles for me is like there's nothing like really special about them 
at any position. And that and I think Devontae Smith might be their kind of breakout point, but that that's a you know, we haven't seen anything yet. Um and I you know, I don't I don't know what Wes thinks, but it just it doesn't look good for me. It doesn't look good at all for me. All right, so um defensive wise, because I heard what you're saying on defense and I only agree with you when it comes down to the front four. Our defensive okay. line, hundred percent I agree, solid. Solid, solid, solid. The linebackers, huge issue because the Eagles can't cover a tight end worth a damn. Mm. They cannot. You could, you, I could go ahead and play tight end for any team in the NFL. They wouldn't be able to cover me. <laughs> and I'm 265 pounds. There's, there's no way they shouldn't be able to cover me and they can't cover me. Now, the corners, the one, the one good thing about the backfield is going to be Darius Slay. Sound, it seems like he's actually do, trying to do a lot of work in the, I mean, in the background with a bunch mm-hmm. of corners trying to get them to come over to Philly. So I'm really hoping that that might actually work into something good in our favor. Yeah. I mean, the only, the only thing with Darius Slay is, like, I'm, I'm worried about his age. He's getting, for corners, it's he's getting at that point where it's like, I don't know what he is now. But maybe, I mean, he's got 30. some pull. A lot of people do like him in the locker room. So, I mean, he might be able to improve something there. Um, but yeah, it's the, the front four is good though. I, I will. Yeah, you are right. The front four is better than the linebacking core. I just, I don't know. I saw something there last year that I was like, when I would watch the Eagles play, I was like, you know, it's not good, but it doesn't look like I, I wouldn't be worried about the defense as much as I would be the offense. I think the offense is just something you're going to have to overhaul at point. And I, and I want, I want Hurts to succeed. I want all I want all OU quarterbacks to succeed. But you know, Jalen's the one that I'm like, I I don't like Baker. I, I've gone on the record before saying I don't like Baker. <laughs> um, I liked him a little better after last year, but I you know, I want Jalen Hurts to succeed, but it just I don't know, he's probably the least talented quarterback we've had in a while at OU and I'm just like, man, y'all stretched for Second round, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But they've, they've got to figure out their identity. Um, but I just, I don't know if they're just going to say, hey, let's see what Devontae Smith can do. Let's see if Jalen Hurts can do anything. And if not, we're going to have to rehaul this offense after that. If they have to bring in Flacco for any other reason than an injury, I consider, I consider the season in a lot of trouble. That's a white flag. For sure, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. Flacco doesn't even want to be there. He he just gets the check. <laughs> you know, if he can if he can be on the bench the whole time, he would be happy. He's become the uh, more experienced Chase Daniel of the league. Just goes from team to team, flex check. Goes. See, he's honestly he's he's really Jake. You had him here too. <laughs> he is, yeah, he's he's Jay Cutler. He needs a reality show and a uh, hot, and a wife who wants to divorce him. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. Hey, let's go to New York. Giants last year finished 6-10. Against the division, they weren't bad. They swept the Washington football team, but they did split series with Cowboys and Eagles. This is a big year for Daniel Jones. He gets his big baby Saquon Barkley back this year after he was hurt most of last season. This offense finally feels like it's healthy. It's decent. This is the year for Daniel Jones to prove whether or not he should be a starter in the NFL. You look at the draft class of who they added 
They did add wide receiver for Florida, Kadarius Toney. Then they went mostly with defense, with outside linebacker. They've got uh, Ellerson Smith in the fourth round from Northern Iowa, who was just a beast of an outside linebacker. And then were Darius Williams, quarterback out of Oklahoma State. This is a team that, that really could use a little bit of veteran presence, and they tried to do that. Uh, they did add Kelvin Benjamin, uh, tight end, signed to a free agent deal. Kyle Rudolph signed a two-year, $12 million deal. Zach Fulton is a new offensive guard for them. Uh, Devontae Booker is a backup running back. Kenny Galladay said a four-year, $72 million with 40 fully guaranteed this offseason. And then Adoree Jackson, uh, quarterback said to a three-year, $39 million deal with a max value of 44.5, includes 16 in the first year, 27 of the first two years. Austin, we look at the Giants, man. I mean, you and I have kind of gone up and down with this team, but specifically with Daniel Jones. Do you think this is the year that it finally clicks for him in this offense? Honestly, he is my biggest question point for this whole Giants team because I really like what this Giants team has done. I like their I like their wide receiving core. I like that they added John Ross. I I he was one of the guys that was on Cincinnati that I felt got shafted. Uh and I was like, why why is the Bengals getting another wide receiver with Jamar Chase when they had all these wide receivers they could have just kept? I don't know. But I, I like what they're doing on offense. They've they've set the line up. They 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 went out on and spent money for the line. Uh, you know, Adoree Jackson, I'm just going to say this as a Titans fan, good luck because he was never healthy. So you never get to see him. So I hope that you get to see him and that he, everything goes well for him. But uh, they, they went out. I like the moves that they made. I like what they had already. I just think that they need to click. And I and I think uh, Joe Judge is is, is given them uh, a sense of like what this team needs to do and what this team is. It's just going to depend on if Daniel Jones is really talented as you know they drafted him as. And that I don't know. That's that's the that's the biggest question mark for me. I want it to succeed. I I would I would but. It's that's the big if. He had some flashes last year, but you know if you look at their <laughs> if you look at their backups, it's Mike Glennon uh, and Clayton Thorson. So you better hope Daniel Jones is pulling it out. And and at least hey, if they if it doesn't work, I think they have a good team that they can attract a new quarterback. Um, and especially depending on how the Seahawks season go, would be a nice spot for Russell Wilson. You know, Josh, don't kill me if I for saying that. But, uh, so, but yeah, yeah I, I I like this team. I just don't know if I like Daniel Jones. Wes, being an Eagles fan of yours, is it hard to look at a team like the Giants and say, okay, look, they had a good offseason. Maybe they'll be decent. Or are you just like, hey, you know what? This is a team that's going to be a threat to the Eagles this year. I'm looking at the roster right now, and I hate to be, I hate the fact that I had to say that their ceiling is high. Yeah. Kyle Rudolph, Evan Ingram, you mean John Ross, Austin Mack, uh, you mean Derek Dillon, Kelvin Benjamin, you mean some, you mean somebody who, you mean what he did in Carolina, and then when he came over to the Bills, this is actually mm-hmm. a pretty good place for him to be. Um, plus, on top of the fact, one of the most dynamic running backs in the entire game, Saquon Barkley, is going to be healthy. Yep. So if if you cannot, if they can't, because once again, I I don't see the Eagles doing anything better from three to five wins. So 
if if the Giants cannot pull off at least a nine-win season with this roster, I don't know what they're doing wrong. So at that point, does it become more of an issue with coaching or it's the Daniel Jones equation and, yeah, he needs to go, let's bring in a good veteran? Or because like, With this roster, you can't take the risk on another young talent. Like You need to have somebody who knows what they're doing with this offense, right? Well, I mean, if that's the case, then – you need to have a better backup quarterback just as a contingency plan than Mike Glennon. Yeah. So would the smart move be to side Alex Smith, a veteran who, who has raised good quarterbacks of the past already? I mean, I would, he would definitely be a high mark. I mean, if he, I mean, if he wanted to still go ahead and play, I mean, I don't know what his whole status is or what he was thinking after everything with the Washington football team. But um, yeah, dude, like Alex Smith would probably be a great place for the, I mean, he is, he's a teacher. I mean, he's right. one of those guys that that you mean that doesn't mind going ahead and helping. I mean, helping a young guy really try to reach his full potential. Because he he tried everything he could with Dwayne Haskins, and obviously that didn't work out in Washington. But you look at like what he did in Kansas City, and clearly what he did here worked. I mean, having a veteran like Alex Smith, who was just a great locker room presence, could make a team like or could make a player like Daniel Jones a really good talent. I agree. And plus, I mean, also, I mean, look what he did in San Fran. I mean, you yeah, mean, he, San Fran, he, he also went ahead. Garoppolo, I mean, he, yeah, absolutely. He really did a good job yeah. over there too. With Garoppolo, and not, and not only Garoppolo, but also uh, Kaepernick too. I mean, yeah, he helped both those guys. I wonder if uh, for Daniel Jones though, with them bringing Eli Manning back into the fold as a, as like president of the team, I wonder if they're going to use him to really focus on Daniel Jones. Because honestly, I see a lot of Eli Manning and Daniel Jones, except Daniel Jones can actually somewhat run when he doesn't drop the ball. So <laughs> when he doesn't run over Manti Teo's uh, girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. All right, let's go to Dallas. Man, have you, have you ever felt worse for somebody than Dak Prescott last season? Going into week four, he was the pick to win the MVP in Vegas. Gets her. Comes out of the offseason. Now, he does sign a monster deal in this offseason. Four years, $160 million contract. That's a max value of 164. Includes 126 guaranteed. But that wasn't the only big move that the Cowboys made. Look, they signed a lot of good linebacking talent. We talked about how this defense last year just did not live up to its potential. They signed Carlos Watkins, uh, defensive end, to a one-year deal. They signed Brett Urban. They got linebacker Keanu Neal. They got Terrell Basham. They got quarterback C.J. Goodwin and Jordan Lewis. They got safety J- Jared Curse. Uh, this is a team that that I really think this has to be the year it comes together. They had a good draft, too. I mean, Mike Parsons, linebacker out of Penn State. Kelvin John- Joseph out of Kentucky, a quarterback. And then they really fitted in with uh, Semi Fioco, the uh, Stanford wide receiver that he took in the fifth round. I have heard so many comparisons of him being the next Devin Hester. Of he has elusive speed. They're probably going to use him in the kick return game, but if he gets into the slot position, watch out. Like this is a Dallas team; it's already loaded. How much loaded are they now, Wes? You look at this Cowboys team. How you feeling? When it comes down to their defense, the defense will either be successful or fail completely with um, Vanderhurst. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's one of those guys that is just. I mean, he is that he's that team. I mean, like he just it's it's difficult for me to go ahead and try to think of good things to say about Dallas. I I, I apologize. Like we were saying before we started uh, the, the recording that like looking at this stuff on my screen, it's it's very 
vitriolic for me to try to look at it and not just want to just throw my throw my screen away. This is David Akers making that pick in Dallas. It was, <laughs> yo, I laughed for two weeks, literally two weeks because it was so great. But um, yeah, like, yeah, they they definitely stepped up big time on their defense. I mean, picking up a lot of really good guys. Um. Another team in the in the East that has just another dynamic running back. I mean, you you can't look at Ezekiel Elliott and go ahead and say, nah, the guy has like, I mean, the dude is top notch quality. Um, Dak, personally, and I I say this as a football fan, not even as an Eagles fan. I still think he's overrated. It's just it, I mean, he, when it comes down to actually proving the point of of making the money he's supposed to make, where do you see it? You haven't. You have. You haven't seen it at all. He's been in. He's been in the league for six years. You haven't seen it. So, I'm curious. But um, yeah, man. I'm. I mean, everything else they've done. I mean, C.D. Lamb on. You mean as a as a wide out. You mean he's gonna be. He's gonna be banger this year. Uh, yeah. That's all. That's all I can say without actually having to throw up. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Austin. I mean, how, how you feel about the Cowboys? I know you and I were both high on on Dak last year. He gets hurt. But it just seemed like when Dak left, any momentum that the Cowboys got was instantly just out the door. Yeah, Dak played great those first few weeks, and even though their schedule was uh, kind of an easy, uh, easy schedule at the beginning of the year, he was still looking good, and that team had a lot of momentum, uh, especially on the offensive side. Um, you know, if Dak Prescott can bring that back, I think they are going to have a good run again at the beginning of the season, too. I think they're going to be really ready and charged, ready to go. Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper, I think bringing all those guys back, I think it's going to be, um, of course, C.D. Lamb, uh, who I love. You know, that might be my favorite Cowboy, <laughs> uh, you know, because of OU. But, you know, I, I'm really interested to see how Dak is coming back off the injury i hope that this team is able to find because you know i i'm a i'm a titans fan but i i really do like to see every team succeed i want every team to have something interesting i'm you know i i get the game pass on uh you know nfl game pass so i i'm watching every game that i can and what i really want to see is just the cowboys being somewhat relevant because as soon as dak prescott went down last year it was depressing watching the Cowboys. Like it really was. It was like, you know, they were, they kind of became one of those teams like, you know, when like it's a Thursday night, it's, you know, Jacksonville and Cincinnati. You're like, eh, that's kind of what the Cowboys started being lumped with those teams. And I, you know, I don't want to see that. I want to see, you know, the Cowboys be uh, a villain. I like them to be the Darth Vader, you know, I want them to be the bad guys. So, um, I'm, you know, I'm interested to see what they do on offense. I do think that if it doesn't work, I think you got to make some changes. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott is good, but I haven't seen enough. And clearly, and clearly, you've you made your decision with Dak Prescott that this is going to be your guy. I I agree with Wes. I think he has been overrated previously, except for last year. I think last year he actually did show flashes that he was going to be good but let, let's face it like the cowboys are looking for old veteran like tom brady or like aaron Rodgers to come to their team 
looking. They're looking for like the new good looking guy that they could put in all the commercials. Like that's what Dallas is. That's and they were okay with Tony Romo for years playing above average, but never great. And I think that's just what Dallas is okay with. And I think that's just what they that's just what they are. Um, because I think if you don't have a good season this season, if everyone stays healthy, you gotta blow this offensive up. And this defense, man, I listen. Jalen Smith, I love Jalen Smith. I think he's a great player. And as soon as he got money last year, it was terrible. He was awful last year. And Vander Esch was, you know, gone a lot of the season. Then they got another linebacker with Micah Parsons in the first round. If your linebacking crew isn't good, you're it's like, I think Jalen Smith and Vander Esch are like two of their top five paid players. And if they're not producing, what? that's an issue. That's an issue. Um, so I, I, you definitely gotta look at them. Uh, you know, Demarcus Lawrence is another guy who's getting way overpaid for what he's worth at this point. Um, there's just, it's a lot of like really high paid guys that are good. None of them are really great. And that's kind of the Dallas Cowboys problem. Cause when you pay good guys, a lot of money, you don't pay other good guys, a little bit of money, <laughs> you know, there's no one that's, uh, getting under or uh or underpaid on this Dallas team and that's a problem fair enough let's go to our final team that we're going to talk about and that is the Washington football team coming off a year last year where they won the division this year hopes are kind of high maybe I mean look Rod Rivera did some great things with the defense they acknowledged where they messed up. Dwayne Haskins was not the quarterback for them. So they've brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick, the journeyman of all journeymen, who is one, I'm going to say this lightly, he is one Pro Bowl away from being Hall of Fame eligible, and so we need to vote for him to be in the Hall of Fame <laughs> That's uh, true. for the Pro Bowl this year so we can get him into the Hall of Fame, y'all. I'm not, I'm not lying. I, if I had a Hall of Fame vote, you guarantee you, I would, he I would vote for Ryan Fitzpatrick. I would. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick is the only big one that they got. They got Lamar Miller running back. Uh, so like Curtis Samuel signed a three-year deal worth thirty-four point five million. Charles Leto signed a one-year deal worth five million. He's off to tackle, and then William Jackson, the third quarterback, signed a three-year forty point five million dollar twenty-six guaranteed. Um, it, it, this is a team that loaded up kind of in wide receiver. They loaded up in quarterback. They addressed some offensive line issues. Uh, David Sharp, Brandon Scherf, Tyler Larson all coming in. And then draft-wise, I mean, I, I think these guys probably had the second best draft in the NFC East. You got Jamie Davis, the linebacker out of Kentucky in the first round. Sam Cosby, the offensive tackle out of Texas in the second. But then John Bates tied in at a Boise State in the fourth round. I've heard a lot of comparisons to him, too. He could be like George Kittle. I've heard some they say, you know, this is a guy who could be like Greg Olson as far as like a leader of the locker room. Rod Revere is instituting a new mindset, a new era within the Washington football team's locker room. As bad as their ownership is, as bad as their front office is, Rod Revere is doing everything he can. Also, you look at the Washington football team. How do you feel going into the season? I I feel pretty decent about the Washington football team. I really, really like their defense. I think they just continue to improve. Their team is really young, and they showed so much, like, poise last year. Like, I I really like this team. And Ron Rivera, honestly, even though 7-9, he deserves – he deserved Coach of the Year last year, in my opinion. I just – he – 
you know, and that's a weird thing to say for 719, but we're talking about Washington, man. Washington, <laughs> Washington has been bad and uneventful for a long time. And now that we're seeing, we're seeing life. This defense was so good. Their front. Oh man, dude, they're, they're, they're front is just so good on defense and they got some interesting players on the offense. I really like Terry McLaurin. Um, you know, I, I, I think that, um, excuse me. Um, you know, chase young, of course, they've got a lot of good young guys that are just really interesting, really good. I just, it's just going to be, can they all fit together? And, you know, like almost every team in this in this division, what's the quarterback play going to be like? You know, this is one division where I guess you could say Dak Prescott's the most stable of all the quarterbacks, and I don't know if that's a that's not really a good answer. You know, every other division has solid quarterbacks that you know know that they're going to be on the on the on the team at the end of the day. We're really, we're really going to see if Dak Prescott's as good as he is. Um, you know, Washington's just got that question, and I want to see Ryan Fitzpatrick take a team all the way. Let this be his team. I, I, I really hope the best for him um, for this Washington team. I'm rooting for him. I'll be honest. Thank you, Evan. Wes, you look at this. Cowboys are obviously a big threat to the Washington football team as far as the division is concerned. But does Washington actually have what it takes this year to contend for the title again? All right. So, uh, first of all, Ron Rivera, I agree with you 100%. He deserved coach of the year. <clears throat> Excuse yeah. me. Um, I'm also a Carolina Panthers fan. So, I know Ron Rivera very well. You know I mean, I, I have a lot of respect for what he does. And, um, <clears throat> uh, Thing. So, all right, so I'm looking at this team right now. I'm looking at Washington. Like, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you want to talk about the journeyman of journeyman quarterbacks. You know I mean, that is exactly what he is. You know I mean? But then they have, they have such potential. They have such potential with this team. You're talking about Terry, Mc, Terry McLaurin. You know I mean, number one, the kid is fast. Really, really quick wide receiver. Curtis Samuel, another one. Like people didn't, people really don't know because I mean, a lot of people didn't see Carolina that much last year. Curtis Samuel is an extremely fast wideout. The dude runs routes very well, and he is very quick. So they are building a team on speed. Their wideouts are basically being built on speed, and I mean, I mean you're seeing it here. Plus, yo, Humphreys is a Humphreys is a great type of great type of wideout to go ahead and be able to just. You want five yards? Give it to him. He'll catch it, hundred percent. You know, he reminds me a lot of like of Jason Avant. You know, the Eagles had a few years back. Their defense, their defense is probably, I'd say their defense is the best one in the in in the division. Chase yeah. Young, um, Chase Young scares the hell out of me, and he's always scared. <laughs> um, yeah. He, yeah, he might be the scariest like rookie I've ever seen. Like I've seen it a lot. Like I think Mario Williams might be the last guy where I was like, oh god, that guy is. <laughs> That guy's scary. <laughs> yeah. Um, like Landon Collins. Landon Collins, he ha- he definitely has the potential to be not necessarily a Sean Taylor player, but somebody who can who people can go ahead and say he's close to that when it comes down to like a Washington player that you know, I mean that hits hard and plays really, really good defense. You know, I mean in the backfield. So like I like 
hundred percent, I will go ahead and say that Washington definitely has the best defense. Um, but it all depends on what the I mean, what what the other teams have with their offense to go ahead and go up against Washington to see if they can actually you know, keep the keep the title of number one in the East. Do you uh, do you like what's your feelings on Kyle Allen? Since uh, you're also a Carolina fan, <laughs> do you think Kyle Allen could uh, relieve Washington if Ryan Fitzpatrick were to get injured or anything like that? Hmm, we're gonna go there. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I not wasn't really a fan of Kyle Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, look, one of the one of the interesting things I've always found about Ryan Fitzpatrick is that he will give you and. Honestly, I look at Nick Foles kind of in the same way. He will give you a solid 60 to 75% of the season of being everything you want. But mm. when when he comes up short, it is going to be when it matters. And give me and that's something that give me give me the give me that you saw a lot with um give me especially with Fitzpatrick, give me when he was in uh Miami. I mean, you saw that when he was with the Jets. I mean, you saw that when he was with um didn't he can't remember, like, once again, journeyman. I can't remember half the teams he's even been on. <laughs> the, hold on. There's a complete list. Oh, you're going to give me a list. Awesome. There, there, okay. I want to say it's at least nine and maybe and more. Like, he, he, he honestly reminds me of, of a Vinny Testaverde type of guy. Yeah. yeah. He has yeah. played for the St. Louis Rams, Cincinnati Bengals, Buffalo Bills, Tennessee Titans, Houston Texans, New York Jets, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Miami Dolphins, and the Washington football team. That's nine teams. He's played yeah. for almost a third of the league. That's insane. With this man, the goddamn Hall of Fame. And no one has a bad word to say about him, honestly, which means you know he's a good guy. Like, you know he's just a great guy in the locker room. The dude has uh, grit. That's what it is. He, yeah. Yo, he... He is he's that he's that guy that you know, if if y'all gonna brawl he'll be the first one in line, and mm-hmm. and you need a guy like that on your side to really pick a team up and having him be the quarterback, that that's going to do a lot for the team. It really will. I, I think one of the most underrated qualities of Ryan Fitzpatrick is his ability to adapt on the fly. Like no one has had to adapt to different play styles as much as Ryan Fitzpatrick. The dude has had to play offenses where it's a it's a five wide set almost every other down. Then he's played some that are run focused, and then you look at like his time in Miami. I think he had a big big uh, influence on on how they were going to go with their next quarterback there, uh, like uh, Tua with Tua, because like he is that journeyman who can teach, but he can also just go out there and kick ass when you need him to. And by kick ass, I mean like he's he's never going to put up amazing amazing numbers unless it's like that two weeks in Tampa. But he's going to put numbers that are at least going to put you into games. Like he can at least get twenty-one points up on the board consistently. Mm-hmm. And and in the NFL, if you can score twenty-one, I mean nine times out of ten, you're going to get a win. Yeah, great. I mean, he's one of those guys that, <laughs> like I was saying before, um, if you see him walk up, you know what I mean. You, you mean just, just get on the field, you go, ah, God damn it! Like you just, you mean just, you just have that feeling, yeah. like man, yo, he's he's he's, he's going to pull something out of his hat. And it's it, it's gonna make you look foolish. The other thing too, do you ever look at top- it? And, and <laughs> he's from Harvard. <laughs> like that's the craziest thing to me. He went to Harvard. He went to an Ivy League school, man. That's crazy. He didn't. He had a pre- yeah. He had a perfect score in the Wonder League. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, at a fifty. Uh, you also got to think there too. I, this this tells you so much about like how the how who you're around could really do something. He had Mark Bulger as the first quarterback that he sat behind. Remember when the Rams drafted him? They were coming out of the Kurt Warner era, and he had to learn from Mark Bulger coming out of the Kurt Warner so era. Long. Oh, dude, 2005, man. Who remembers that? Hey, let's rate this division. So let's predict it. I mean, how 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 we feel it? Let's start with number four. Let's go around the room. Wes, who's number four in the division? Uh, gotta be the birds. Honestly, it. I don't. I. I like I said before, three to five wins is what I see for the Eagles. Austin. I I unfortunately have to say the Eagles as well. I just don't see a plus side for me. Fly Eagles fly is my pick as well. Uh, third in the division, who we think? Um, third, third. I, all right. This is just me just being petty and just really not liking the team. I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say Dallas. <laughs> all right, uh, I'll be honest with you. Fair enough. Hey, you know what? I, I'm surprised you didn't put them fourth. <laughs> Where do you think I put the Packers when we get to the NFC North? I mean, <laughs> Austin, how you feeling, man? I, man, I don't know. I, I'm looking through their schedules right now. I think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to say the, I think the Giants are going to be third. Um, I, I think all three of these teams could go about nine and seven, eight and, or, you know, actually be 10. And, I think the biggest upswing for them would be like 10 and seven, nine and eight, eight and seven, or yeah. Eight nine somewhere around that range. I think the Giants will have it, um, but it's not going to be easy. <laughs> it's not going to be easy at all. I'm going with the Washington football team at third. I think this is a setback year for the offense. They get the quarterback they want in the next offseason, and then this team's going to be ripping roaring. Uh, two, who do we got? Two, I will sit here and go Washington football team. I once again, they have real good upside with a lot of stuff with their defense. But as much as Fitzpatrick is probably going to do well, I feel like he's going to be what is going to cause them to not not make it to the um to be number one in the East. It's also to kind of a lack of a good running game, or at least a consistent running game. Like they yeah. could have a good running game, but it, it you got to be consistent, especially in the FC East. Austin, who's the, who's your number two? I am going to say Washington as well because their schedule is super tough. It's really, really tough. They, they're uh, they're playing they're playing the Chargers, Bills, and Chiefs within the first six weeks, and then they play Green Bay in Week Seven. I, I feel like you know with them being first last year, they are getting the uh, short end of the stick here. They got playing Tampa. It it it's not going to be easy for them. Um, I do wonder how good Fitzpatrick's going to be throughout the whole season. Um, but yeah, I'm, it's, I think they're going to be number two. I'm going with the Giants too. I, I like this team, but man, they need to stay healthy. If you can get Daniel Jones an offensive line that stays consistent, if you get him a backfield that stays consistent, I think this team's going to be incredible. I really can't wait for Daniel Jones to Kyle Rudolph to happen because that's going to be a big, big plus for the Giants this year. I like him. I just don't like him as much as my number one. Wes, who's number one? Number one is is going to be the New York football Giants. And the whole reason is because as long as 
as long as that offense is just chugging along the way it's supposed to, and as long as Saquon stays healthy, I I don't see I, I don't see anybody in the East stopping them. I like it, Austin. Number one. I think Dallas finally pulls it around. I think with Dak Prescott being back, as long as he stays healthy, that team's going to be charged up. Hopefully, on both sides for their case, I I think they're going to. Because if they don't, uh, clearly Mike McCarthy's getting fired, and they might blow up something else if it wasn't owned by Jerry Jones. <laughs> uh, my number one is Dallas as well. I I'm going to go ahead and say it. Dak Prescott's my pick to win the MVP right now. I think Dang. there's a chip on his. Sh- I think there's a chip on his shoulder. I think that there is a fire within him. He got the contract he wants. He's happy with the front office. Now it's time to go out there and earn it and prove it. You have Jerry Jones's trust for once in your life. Do something with it. I think a little bit of this does rely on Zeke having a good year as well. I think he's due for one. I think he can really power through and be a beast. But yeah, Dak Prescott is going to take the Cowboys to a division win. That is the NFC's next week, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to take a look at a couple AFC divisions. Uh, Austin, where do you want to go next? Do you want to go AFC East or you want to go over to the West? Hmm. Tough you question. Know, I mean, I might just stay West so we can get it over with because I really. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, the Mahomes you... orgy coming next week to Trash Talk. Oh, man. I may just skip floor. out next week. That's fine. I can, I can just Logan. take it. I just, I'll just let Logan talk about my right. home's all he wants. Just I don't have to hear it. Ethics. Yeah. He's playing golf right now. Swing looked awesome. Uh, so, uh, wow. Before we go into random Reiki, let's take a quick time out let you know that this episode of Trash Talk is fueled by Ray's Energy. Go to repsports.com, use the promo code Land Party, and get the best-tasting zero-calorie, zero-sugar energy drink. It gets you fueled up for whatever you have to do in your life. I know people use it as a pre-workout. Some use it just to get through the day because, you know, life starts sometimes. You need that extra juice. Be sure to check out that limited run of strawberry lemonade it's only available at repsports.com. So remember, use promo code Land Party, or you can always go to Quick Trip, get it wherever you want. It's pretty awesome. It's a great energy drink. Fuels us here at Boss Rush Entertainment. Uh, random ranking this week is a uh, is a fun one. I thought this would be kind of cool. Let's talk about the top five players you wish you could have seen play in their prime. So mm. you know, there, there's so many legends across all the sports. I want to know who do you wish you could have seen live in their prime. Wes, I'll start with you. Give us your top five. All right. So this isn't in any particular order just because I'm giving you through this to me and I'm like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? But, um, <laughs> well, actually, no. Num- n- number one, I feel like is is, is pretty solid for me. And that's going to be um seeing actually seeing Dr. J. Mm. I mean, that would be that would be a huge one. You mean you mean actually going ahead and seeing him you mean score like a hundred point game. Just it's the man was incredible. Um, <clears throat> Muhammad Ali would easily be a number one. Yeah. Or give me just another one for me. Um, oh man, I got so caught up on the football, I got I put on the spot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what I really like to see? The old old school leatherhead days of football. Oh yeah, mm. I, yeah. I, I I'm kind of copping out a little bit by not picking a particular person. But going ahead, give me just give me that whole that whole era, like like give me the 30s and 40s, which have been really really neat to go ahead and actually see. Jim Thorpe days. 
Johnny Unitas, maybe. Steve Van Buren. Mm. Some nasty dudes, man. Um, yeah. To be completely honest, I feel like that's like when you guys is, go, I'll probably have a little more in my head. But <laughs> I mean, that's definitely what I have for now. That's what you got, man. That's what you got. Austin, what about you, sir? Top five. So uh, I'm I'm 25. So I just wanted just to give the fans kind of perspective of who I really missed and who I got to watch. Uh, no particular order. I think Muhammad Ali might have been too long before me. Because uh, I really would like to see have seen Mike Tyson uh, in his prime. I just think like just watching him now, I'm like, holy shit, this dude is <laughs> this dude is insane. And just to watch him back when he was in his prime would have been would have been awesome. Um, so he's definitely up there. I you know I would like to have seen Michael Jordan uh, non Wizards days. That would have been cool <laughs> to watch live. Uh, you know, by the he was winning championships when I was, you know, like three years, four years old. So I, my my first, my like first sports memory, really, other than watching like cow, like Dallas Cowboy games, was watching uh, the Titans lose in the Super Bowl. Like that was my big first memorable moment. So everything before that, like, is kind of gone for me. Um, but yeah, I would like to have seen, you know, Michael Jordan in a non wizard uniform, watch him when he played. This one, this next one is going to be a, um, I did get to see him in his prime, but I don't think I got to fully appreciate it. And that was Tiger Woods. Just how great Tiger Woods was. Mm, It's like, I was a kid watching him and I knew he was good. But now that I'm older and look back, I'm like, whoa, this guy was like on another planet. Like with how good he was. And so I would have liked to have been a little older, a little more appreciative of the sport of golf and just like had known how good Tiger Woods was and how like how incredible he really was. Um, Wayne Gretzky, I mean, the best hockey player statistically of all time. Uh, and it's not even close. Um, if you look at the at, at like points and stuff, it, I would have liked to have seen him. I would have really liked to see hockey just in general, kind of like what Wes was saying with football. I would have really liked to see hockey back in the day um, just because I feel like it was – it's so hockey is still a taboo sport, but just in, back in the day, like it just seemed like more people were interested in it, and it was, um, it was kind of like the new thing at that time. Um, now, how far back are you talking, though? I'm thinking like I'm thinking I would definitely like the Wayne Gretzky days, but I would think like 70s would be like Ooh, yeah. you know, or like during the I was Miracle you say that. Olympics. Yeah, like that's that's what I would have liked to have seen. Um, just like I don't know, just something about that era hockey is just interesting, and I've seen like highlights and stuff, but I would have loved to see it live. Um, you know, hopefully in person, that would have been cool. Um. Man, I don't know. Number five, I'd have to think. Um, man, I don't know. I I think like or or like Dale. Like I would have loved to see the old NASCAR races too, like Dale Earnhardt. But even older than that, when they were like racing on the da- like actual Daytona Beach, I feel like that would have been fun to watch. Uh, probably way more fun than it is now. <laughs> so, uh, I think I think that would be my five. So, 
I was actually, yeah, J- uh, Dalian Hurt Sr. is when I would have left. I- I've watched uh, Junior race a few dozen times at Kansas Speedway. But um, I've been going back and I've been watching uh, the lost tracks of NASCAR on Peacock, a uh, junior uh, host. And, and there are some stories about his dad that have come up on that show that I'm just like, dang, I would have loved to have seen him live. He's such a mm-hmm. different racer. And plus, a lot less rules. So <laughs> explosions were even cooler yeah. back then. He was aggressive. Uh, like he was, he was, you know, that old, old style NASCAR is way more fun to watch than nascar now it's just and it's because i mean i understand it they're taking precautions and it's safe now it's safer now but it's not as fun it's not as fun as it used to be not nearly as fun. um so number four i would have to go with um there's there's a lot of great wwe superstars of all times but i gotta go with the with you know stone cold steve austin i would have loved to seen him in his prime I, i've been in the crowd one time when stone cold came out and that pop that electricity in the arena is just insane but to see that live when you'd actually see a stunner and hit and and, and, and everything he did in the room like i i just can't imagine nick got to be a part uh, or nick got nick was there at wrestlemania when, when he came out and uh stunned the new day and that was pretty cool i wish he could have been there for that one but man see stone cold that would have been dope um, being the Bears fan that I am, I, I also had a, uh, I had a poster growing up on my wall as a kid and I, one of the greatest of all time had autographed it. W- Walter Pate. I would have loved to see sweetness. Awesome yeah, man. There's mm-hmm. nobody like him in this world. Um, he, he's, he's aside from Brian Erlacher, he's my favorite bear of all time. Cause every footage I've watched, he, he was, there was just no one like him. Just the quick, the quickness, the tenacity, the insaneness. It, it, it was just crazy. Uh, number two, man, I'm kind of debating this one, but I would have to go with Steve Nash. I don't like a lot of NBA, but Steve Nash has always been one of my favorite players of all time. I would have loved to see him play with Dirk in Dallas. I think that would have been just such Mm. a cool atmosphere and a cool thing to see. He's one of the people who... A lot of people knew that point guards could be playmakers, but Steve Nash was the first one to show, hey, you can be a assist machine and you can hit the long ball all day long. I think he paved the way for guys like Steph Curry to just come in and dominate the league the way that they have. Um, Steph, and he's a huge one. Also in that same slot, Rich Fox, uh, former Laker. Grew up watching him a lot, and I really wish I could have seen him live and in person. Like He would have been a great one. Uh, but number one, I, I got to go to the MLB, and I got to go Ken Griffey Jr., um, Ken Griffey Jr. got to do the one thing I think a lot of kids wish they could do growing up, and that is play in the major leagues with their dad. And I wish I could. I, I honestly, I wish I just could have seen that. Like Ken Griffey Jr. is an insanely incredible player. I wish I just could have seen him live. I got to see Cal Ripken. I've gotten to see Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds, but I miss Griffey, and I and I really regret not being able to go see Rick uh, Griffey. Before you retire, yeah, yeah. I was a I was a big Griffey fan growing up as a kid. That was like my baseball player until he he retired. Yeah, such a great dude. Such a great dude. Let's uh, let's wrap the show up, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for winners and losers. Each week we pick people who rock and people who suck. Winners go first because that's how the world works. Austin, did you prep this uh, prep this week? Nope. Atta boy, keeping the streak alive. All right, who who's your make believe winner? My make believe winner. 
Um, mm, that's a good, good question. I'm going to go... Man, I don't know. You, you know what? I, I'm going to give it to, to Devin Booker. Because the cars that this dude pulls up in is incredible. Like, he's got the best taste. You know, he's not coming up in the McLarens or anything like that. He's coming in the old school cars, and I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I like it. Wes, who's your winner this week, my friend? Um, I think you can't go wrong with going ahead and picking uh, Chris Paul. I mean, dude had a monster game, game one. He's probably going to go ahead and kill it again this game I mean, game two. Um, and I mean, I, like I said before, you I mean, I, I think that I still think the Suns are going to go ahead and take the whole thing. So I would say Chris Paul. Very cool. Uh, I got to go with a man who made his debut last night on AEW dynamite. That's Malachi black, formerly known as Alistair black. Uh, the former WWE superstar kind of pulled like the heist of the century. Normally WWE superstars have a 90 day release clause after they've been released or no compete clause. Uh, somehow he got away with 30 day. And uh, he's already making a big name for himself on AEW, so congrats there. Uh, Austin, who's your loser? My loser is the uh, the Olympics uh, for yeah. multiple reasons. Uh, um, the Shikari Richardson stuff sucks. Uh, the fact that she's not even be able to compete now. Uh, and then learning today that, you know, with COVID back and everything, there's, no, there's not going to be fans in the stands. Which for the Olympics, man, that's a big bummer. Like I can't think of another event that would be worse than no fans in the stands other than the Olympics. Because just like, you know, my favorite part of the Olympics really is the like the events. It's like when all the different countries walk out to their, you know, to their anthem and stuff like that, and just watching how all the different cultures react and like cheer and stuff like that. And now that that's gone, it's like, ugh. Well, why even have it? The the Olympics to me is a celebration of worlds, and the less people we we have involved, it just sucks, sucks. Period. Wes, what about you, sir? Your loser. My loser is going to be something that we've been talking about in Philadelphia the last day or so. It's going to be Danny Green, one of our uh, one of our guards. He decided to on a podcast talk about the Philadelphia 76er fans and the fan base, <laughs> which you know always goes well when you talk about us. We don't care oh, if you're yeah. on our team or not. If you talk shit, you will get hit. Now, he he basically sat there and said that we should be treating Ben better and we shouldn't be so quick to boo or I mean, go ahead and get all mad and everything else. And honestly, if you blow three leads at home, you get booed. It's yeah. that simple. I mean, look, he wasn't there for you I mean for the majority of that of that series. I mean, he got hurt. I get that, but. You 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 don't have a single leg to stand on. You mean the team the team didn't play up to their potential. I mean, Austin and I we were talking about this stuff before. You mean you mean when the whole series was going on. So once again, talk shit, get hit. Like he is absolutely a loser to me. Irritates the hell out of me. Yeah. yeah. If you if you want fans that aren't gonna boo you immediately, go to Oklahoma City and play for a shitty team instead. Take your pick. <laughs> you want critical fans or you want to play on a good team? <laughs> there you go. Uh, I'm going to go in the NBA as well. I'm going to go John Morant. Uh, John Morant won Rookie of the Year, right? And his dad, quote, said, it's awesome. You still suck. So in honor of still sucking John Morant. Damn. Love it, man. What? <laughs> I love Wait. it. John Wait, what are you saying? 
What are you saying here? After Jabariat won Rookie of the Year, his this is just just came out on a podcast the other day. After he won Rookie of the Year, his dad told him, "Yeah, that's fine. You still suck." Damn. How in the world are you going? to... Oh my goodness. <laughs> like, man, is his is his dad? Uh, he needs to he needs to have. Uh, is it? I forget what his first name is, but he needs to have the Ball Brothers dad. You know that's oh, that guy. Uh, is uh, for, uh, uh, no matter God, what happens, <laughs> no matter what happens, Lavar Ball. Yeah. My yeah. son yeah. sat on the bench for twenty one minutes. You don't see anybody else doing it as well as he does. I tell you what. Listen, John Morant. I love John Morant. I really do. I, I love Grizzlies. Like, and just seeing him succeed makes me happy. I'm I'm really excited about John Morant. Uh, also, just real quick before we go, hypothetical trade between the Pistons and the Thunder for the number one overall pick. The Thunder get the number one pick. Pistons get number six overall pick and Shai SGA. What do you think, Wes? Um. I'll be honest with you, I don't really pay much attention beyond, like, I mean, Sixers and what's going on on the East. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, look, I mean, if you have the number one pick, take, I always say take the pick. You know I mean, like, mm-hmm. pe- you know, people could try to sell you the whole damn barn. Just take the pick. Because, obviously, it means, I mean, you're, you're going to pick up somebody that's you know, going to be a generational person, normally. Right. I, yeah. They want Cade Cunningham really badly in Oklahoma. I just... You know, SGA has been great for them so far. So I don't know. It's a little. It's a little weird. It's like let's trade a guy that's really good and done great for our team for a guy that might be good. He's not a lock to me. So. I mean, at the same time, that's what I'm asking for with the Trailblazers. <laughs> but you know, Damian Lillard's good. Like you know. Yeah, but yeah, but I'm saying what I'm giving them as opposed to what I'm getting. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh ladies and gentlemen this has been trash talk quick uh little housekeeping for you we got a great week of content coming up on boss rush entertainment this week it starts this weekend new loki review goes live today so check that out huge episode we got one more week left of loki and then we'll be moving on to ted lasso that's coming up july 26th uh black widow review goes live on sunday uh i'm actually going to see it as soon as we get done recording here can't wait for that i can't it's good it's all the hype high school musical the musical the series review goes live on sunday monday you get a brand new episode of q list we're talking how i met your mother season seven only two more episodes left after this i can't I, you know i just can't deal with it this show's awesome and then uh next wednesday we'll be back with a brand new episode of lead party podcast if you missed wednesday's episode i mean check it out i will go ahead and tell you it is not suitable for work and uh yeah that, that's all I can say. Wes, plug yourself, my friend. What are you doing in life? Where, where can people check you out? All right, so everybody can check out the Console Gaming Crew at our Twitter page, which is at Console Crew. We have a website, consolegamingcrew.com. If you want to email us, that's consolegamingcrew at gmail.com. Our YouTube and Instagram are both the same, Console Gaming Crew. We don't talk about Facebook because for proper reasons. Um, like if you Facebook, want to, <laughs> If you want to watch us play games, we... I do a co-op game every Monday night, and we also do either a Fun Friday or a Freaky Friday game, depending on who's playing. You can find us on Twitch at CGC Podcast. Heck yeah. Uh, console Gamer, these guys are just awesome. I mean, we, we love them on Twitter. Uh, give us some, some shout. Uh, we'll, we'll be plugging them on uh, Boss Rush Entertainment Twitter account for sure. Uh, Wes, thank you so much for being on today, man. We really appreciate it. You are awesome. You are awesome. 
course, man. Appreciate it. This was fun. Heck yeah, man. Anytime you want to come back, you're more than welcome to. Ladies and gentlemen, for Wes and Austin, I'm Logan. Peace out.